Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Tonight I'm going to be going to the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. And uh, we're actually going to bring to a conclusion our teaching on holiness. I think this is number 5, I believe. And so, but anyway, uh, as far as I know, we're going to bring it to a conclusion tonight. And so this is number five. And what I want to talk about tonight is that God uses holy people. God uses holy people. And we'll, we'll uh, get into this. Um, in, in 1 Peter, excuse me, 2 Peter, is everybody there? All right, chapter 1, verse 20 says, Knowing this, that no prophecy of the Scriptures of any private interpretation. How many know we, we don't have a private thing on the Word? Amen. Now, you know, it, there's so many things that are being taught today in the church. It's just you, you, sometimes you get tired of having to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? But people are people hear these things and you got to address it sometimes as a pastor, you know. But now there's this, go, this thing going around where, you know, and this coming from a popular prophet who's teaching that, you know, God has given the prophets, which the whole prophetic thing in the body of Christ has gone off the ditch and ran in the, it's gone off the rails. Not that we don't believe in prophets, we do, true prophets of God, but not everybody says they're a prophet is a prophet. So you got to learn that, that there's a lot of titles out there that's got empty cans. Amen. You know, and sometimes when you open the can, what's in it isn't good. My grandma bought, she used to bought, bought these, uh, they, they, the store used to do this. They'd lose labels on the cans, you know, sometimes, and they just throw them in a, a shopping cart, and you could get it for 10 cents or a nickel or whatever, and so she'd buy those things, you know, and one time she bought one, and it was a, it was a can of Alpo. But anyway, uh, and she didn't have a dog, so there you go. She didn't save any money doing that. <laughs> but, you know, and there's sometimes there's, there's people like that in the body of Christ. They, they, maybe they have a big label on, but they don't have anything in the can. Amen. And so one of the things that's being taught right now is that, you know, God has given prophets a special gift to decipher the Scriptures so that we can understand it. And that's just, you know, God gave us a special gift to understand the Scriptures. He's called the Holy Spirit. And He gave that to all of us. Amen. And, and listen now, don't get into this stuff. Some of this some stuff gets weird, you know. And I know I'm not hip because I'm not on the newest, latest fad, but I'm sorry. I've been at this for 40 years. And like Brother Hagin says, some of these things we've seen before. It's not, their first, first, it's not our first rodeo. And so, you know, a lot of this, like the, the scriptures have deeper meanings. No, God said what he, if God didn't, God didn't have this book written and have the apostle Paul pen these letters and say, now you'll have to have some kind of special interpretation to figure it out. No, he meant what he said. Yeah. Right? Amen. It isn't deep. It is deep, but you know what I'm saying? Not the way they call deep. And if that offends some people, I'm sorry, but it just happens to be the truth. And don't follow these rabbit trails. And now this... Now those prophets are saying you've got to have us to understand the Scriptures. Listen, no, I've got to have my Bible and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yeah. You know, I'm getting goofy and weird and wearing these outfits like the Old Testament prophets and carrying around staffs and stuff like that. It's just goofy. <laughs> all right, moving right along. That's all from there's no private interpretation of the Scriptures, everybody. Amen. And that may, you may say, that sounds a little mean. Well, you know what? Somebody, somebody in, in prime authority needs to stand up and deal with these people that are doing this to the church. All right, moving right along. 
You know what I'm saying. We can't, we, some of our leaders need to stand, I'm talking about prominent national leaders, got to stand up and say, this is foolishness. Amen. Amen. Brother Hagin used to, but he's in heaven now, so we need another Brother Hagin back. Amen. Now, since that went over so good, go to verse 21. But there's no private interpretation of the Scriptures. Amen. It doesn't take, you know, the Holy Spirit, just read the Bible and believe it for what it says. Amen. I understand there's some things in there that maybe we don't have here. I read through the book of Revelation. I don't have it all figured out. Right? And sometimes you see books now, you can understand the book of Revelation. I know immediately don't buy that book because <laughs> we're still trying to figure some of these things out. And I think some things we won't really know till we come, come right upon it. You know what I'm saying? And it's revealed. I mean, who knows what, you know, some of those things John saw. You know, I know I've, I've had my interpretation. I got my thoughts about it, but it doesn't mean it's right. We'll find out. Amen. Now, are you with me now? Even Peter says some of the things Paul writes are hard to understand. Because he, you know, it was new stuff. You know what I'm saying? But the Holy Spirit will reveal it to us. Right? Amen. So, all right. So, well, I, I appreciate one guy. He, I won't name him, you know, but he's, he's on TV. And he's, he's, he's really, he's a good person. And he's a solid person. And somebody came to him and said, we've got a lot of good leaders around you. Who's your prophet? He said, I don't need no prophet. I need the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I understood what he mean. He didn't say we didn't need the prophet's ministry. He said, I don't need a prophet leading my life. I'm supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit. See, the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament prophets are two different types of prophets. You watch the, you read about the New Testament prophets and they confirm things. Amen. People say, well, you know, a prophet told me I'm supposed to go to Africa. Well, what do you think, Pastor? Well, we better take him with, him, with you so you'll know when to come home. Because if you didn't know you're supposed to go, how would you know when it's time to come home? You don't want to, you want to stay any longer than you're supposed to, right? See, that's just all nonsense. But, they, but, but yet there are true prophets enough. There's true prophets in the body of Christ. And they'll prophesy things that will confirm things. You know, it's like, well, I, yeah, yeah, that's God. Amen. Why don't you get a prophecy and you don't know? Just put, put it on the shelf. Right? You know, well, this prophet told me I'm supposed to do this and I didn't know anything about it. Don't do it. Only do what, you know, witnesses to your spirit. Man, I've had some prophetic words that, man, that, I mean, I knew it was God. I mean, there was no doubt it was God. I knew it was God. He'd already been talking to me about it. And then I've had some, well, I don't know, it might be. It might be. I'll just set it up here and we'll see. And I've had some saying, I don't think so. Amen, that's not God. So you, you have to judge it. How do you know that? Amen. Right? And, of course, you know, we don't judge, we don't judge people because they miss it on a prophecy, Right? Because people miss it, right? That's why Paul said judge it, didn't he? Didn't Paul say that? He told Corinthians, he said judge prophecies. Now the Old Testament prophets were a little bit different because a lot of them, a lot of the Old Testament prophets, they were writing canon scripture. They had to get it right. Amen? And you know in the Old Testament, if you missed it, guess what they did to you? Well, they're supposed to stone you and kill you. Aren't you glad it's not that way? We'd have a lot less people in the body of Christ right now. <laughs> You know, you just felt like you, you felt you had a word for sister so-and-so and you gave it to her out in the parking lot and it was wrong and next thing you know, stones are coming your way. You know, like, I'm sorry. I, I thought it was God. It wasn't. I, you know, in the New Testament, there's a lot more grace and a lot more leeway because we're not writing the Bible, right? And, so, and, and besides, every believer has a responsibility to judge it themselves whether it agrees with their spirit or not, right? 
So you have a responsibility. They have a responsibility. That's not an excuse just to get it wrong. But, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's, it's just what the New Testament teaches is that, you know, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And so, you know, you have to understand that they can miss it, uh, you know, and so you have to judge everything. And, you know, I don't mean judgmental, you know what I mean, but, but you have to say, does that agree with my, has God been speaking to me about this? Well, if he hasn't, then just put it on a shelf and maybe he will. And then you'll just, oh, that's what God meant. Right. Sometime later, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. Why the Lord said it. And if it never does, just it, it's fine. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, so verse 21 says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. God uses holy men. Amen. So he used holy men. He, he wasn't looking for unholy men. Now, what is a holy man or a holy woman of God? It's not somebody that's perfect. Let's mark that down right now, right? Did you know some of the great prophets of the Old Testament, they weren't perfect? How many know Abraham wasn't perfect? He told a few fibs, didn't he? And when you tell somebody, well, it, it, was, it was kind of, kind of a half-fib, but a half-fib, have you, know, <laughs> you know what partial obedience is? You might know it's disobedience, right? So, you know, he did, Sarah was his half-sister, and so when he said, she's my sister, but, but here's the thing about a lie. Here's what a lie really is. A lie is when you're trying to deceive. That's what a lie is. You understand? See, a, a lie means you're trying to deceive somebody, and so you're telling something that's deceptive, and Abraham was trying to deceive and say, she's not my wife, she's my sister. And so, and he did some other things too. And, and there were other prophets that, you know, God used them, but they weren't perfect. I mean, David wasn't perfect, was he? But he was a great man of God, wasn't he? Well, see, he had a heart after God, see. And that's, that's, that's what holiness is, is it means we're separated unto God. Right? Doesn't mean we're perfect, but we're separated unto God and our heart's bent towards God and we're, we're out to please God. We're out to do His will. We're out to do His word. Amen. We may blow it occasionally, but we're going to get back up and keep doing what we've been doing, which is pursuing God Amen. and not the devil and not the things of the world. Amen. Right. And so we have to understand that when, when, when I'm talking about God uses holy men and holy women, I'm not saying He uses perfect men or perfect women because He wouldn't be able to use anybody. But He uses people that are set apart. They're dedicated to Him. That's who He's going to use. Amen. And so... You could, you, you know, you could do things and, you know, you don't even know they're wrong. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, I've told you a story many times, but, you know, I, I'd have to make up new stories and then I'd have to lie. And so, but they're just my stories. But, you know, I remember going witness to a guy one time and uh, he was one of my old friends. and We'd done drugs together for years. And I went to witness him, talked to him about Jesus, you know, and I got to his house and he's working on his TV set. You know, it was, it had gone out. So he's trying to fix it, you know, and then he's just cussing like a sailor, man. And so, you know, I've, I've come there to tell him about Jesus. So I just start in on him, you know, talking to him about Jesus. And he says to me, he says, I got saved. Now, you know, I'm just a young, I'm young in the Lord. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, King James, thou didst not. <laughs> Say people don't talk like this, you know, which is normally the case, right? Mm -hmm. only, all right, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Yeah. But everything that's edifying, you know, some of these curse words, they're not edifying. Amen. And so anyway, he's doing this. And, 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 you know, I heard this. It's just like, well, I don't want to say I heard it, but I just knew it in my spirit. 
just let it go. I didn't know why to let it go, but I thought, just let it go. He said, you know, I was watching this guy on TV, and he named a preacher. He said, and he prayed the prayer of salvation, and I prayed with him, gave my life to the Lord, you know. And so I, I just, I, I drove off and left it and left it at that, you know, and thought, well, you know, the guy says he's saved. What am I supposed to say? No, you're not, because I'm, I'm the judge. I'm God Jr., and I say you're not, so you better get saved. I mean, no, that's not going to fly, right? God's not going to like that, and he's not either. And so anyway, I'm driving off, and then the Lord began to deal with me, and he said he's walking in all the light he has. He doesn't know any better. And so, you know, he was working for an airlines at the time, and he got transferred, and he got transferred to another city where we were at, from where we were at. And so he said, you know, a church is there. Well, I knew one pastor there. I said, go to his church. He told me, he said, I went to his church, first service, a guy preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I didn't know what that was. I just looked at somebody and said, should I have that? And they said, yeah, you don't have it? He said, no. He said, well, yeah, you should. So he said, I went down and got baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues. And it cleaned his mouth up. And cleaned his life up. Because I'm going to tell you something else he was doing. Not only, not only was he cussing still, he was still going to the parties that we used to go to together. And he was getting high with the guys. My friends, my old friends, he was still getting high with them, telling them how great it was to be saved. Everybody say, ignorant. He's just ignorant. He didn't know any different. But it's funny how when he got baptized with the Holy Spirit and got under a good pastor, all that began to fall off. He learned. See, the Word started sanctifying him. Amen. So... God, God's, God's not looking for perfect people because He's not going to find any, but He's looking for dedicated, set-apart people. And that's what holy people are. They're dedicated to the will of God. They're set apart to do God's will in their life, whatever it costs them. Amen? All right, so we have that clear that when we talk about holy people, we're not talking about people that never sin. No, like I said, some of the old prophets, you go back and you look at them, and uh, they, had, they had some mistakes in their life. They had some sins in their life. You just look through the Bible. I'm glad the Bible doesn't cover it up, aren't you? I'm glad the Bible lets us know. So I'm glad that John said, if we, I write unto you that you sin not. That's the gold, right? But if you do sin, too bad, you're in trouble. Aren't you glad he didn't say that? He said, if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he's the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but for the sins of the whole world. In other words, if you mess it, go to Jesus. He can fix it. Amen. 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 Jesus, I blew it. He can fix it. Amen. Amen. And so we see that in the Old Testament, you know, that, uh, the, I mean, you know, when you read the book of Genesis, you want to see what happens when man, after the fall, just read the book of Genesis. We start out glorious, right? Everything's great. And man sins. And you read the has anybody ever read the book of Genesis? It's a book in the Bible. Very first one. You should read the book of Genesis because I just think about this other thing. Man, look how, I mean, you've got after man falls. I mean, you've got guys that are marrying two and three and four wives. They're sleeping with harlots. They're killing one another. I mean, yeah, I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah. It's just chapter 18. We haven't got very far yet. Right? I mean, we're just 18 chapters in, and God's destroying people already for this sin. And it just, it just compounds, man. I mean, they just blow it and blow it and blow it. 
That's the way it is without God. But when you're holy, when you're sanctified, when you're set apart, you may not be perfect, but you're going to be following God. You're going to be out to please God. Amen. <laughs> you're going to be out to do His will in your life. And when you, do mess it, when, you, when you do mess up, the best thing to do is just be honest about it, confess it. Amen. Don't try to hide it. Don't try to excuse it. Like David did when David blew it. You know what I'm saying? And Nathan came in and he confronted him, the prophet Nathan. And the first thing David said, I, I'm the man. I'm guilty. And he got it right. Amen. Now, look, at your, look in your Bible at 2 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, I want to look at a few scriptures tonight if we're able to do that. 2 Timothy chapter 2. It's just so good to know that you, you don't have to be so on edge that I'm not perfect. No, you just have to be dedicated and sold out. And, and, and God will help you clean your life up. He, he will. He'll help you. You know, he'll, if He loves you, how many know He'll rebuke you? And everything else, and, and sometimes we, you know, some people don't understand that God, God's got different ways of rebuking you. One thing is just through His, his you reading the Bible, and getting a rebuke out of it, but also Sunday morning preaching, and even occasionally on Wednesday night, He might rebuke you. And, you know, God goes to midweek service. Hallelujah. Now. <laughs> So, how many, how many understand that he'll do that? And see, sometimes people get mad at pastor or something because he said something. But if you got mad, it must have touched something. You know, if I preach on tithing and you're tithing, you're, you're happy. But if you're not, you're, you might be mad. Amen. All right, now. Now, let's go here to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19. The Bible says that nevertheless, nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal. The Lord knows them that are His. Who knows? See what Jesus said, don't pull up the tares because you might pull up the wheat. But the Lord knows them that are His. He knows, right? And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So if you're one of His, you should be departing from iniquity. That should be a pursuit of yours. But in a great house, how I many know we're in a great house, the Lord's house? There are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. That's talking about in God's house. There's vessels of gold. There's vessels of silver. There's vessels of wood. There's vessels of earth or clay, some to honor, some to dishonor. Now, you can't just say, well, God made me a clay pot, and that's just, no. <laughs> he, does it. He, he, he wants us all to be vessels of silver and gold, right? right. If, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and fit for the master's use. See, we're talking about God uses who? God uses who? Holy people, Right? sanctified in meat for the masters and prepared unto every good work. So God uses holy people. He's looking for vessels that are holy. How many know the vessel matters? I've used this illustration. I don't know. It's really not sanctified, but it's a good illustration. I mean, Phyllis's mom, when she was on the earth, she's in heaven now, but when she was on the earth, she could make a roast like nobody could make a roast. Never had a roast like hers. Now, if you want to try and beat her, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. We'll see. 
but don't get offended when I tell you it wasn't as good. <laughs> but give it a shot. And so she taught me how to do that. You know, we went in the kitchen together and she showed me everything she did. You know what I'm saying? And, and some of those people that really knew how to cook. They just said, well, just put this in it. And that, well, how much? Well, you know, a little. Well, how much is a little? Well, I don't know, just, just some. I don't know what some is. I don't know what a little is. I don't know if you're talking about half the jar or what you're talking about. I don't know. But she showed me how to do it, so I tried it. It, it never did come out just like hers. One time it came pretty close. But then I couldn't repeat it again. And she could make a roast. I tell you, man, when you, when you get a good pot roast with potatoes, that's high living, brother. I mean, that's, that's, that's the glory right there. I mean, I'm, I'm getting hungry already. I'm, I'm about ready to close them and go home. But... You know, the thing of it is, you could bring that pot roast in on a nice silver platter with those potatoes and carrots and, you know, all around it, you know, looks really nice. How many are ready to eat, man? But what if you brought it in in a bedpan? But the host says, no, it's a new bedpan. I mean, I still something about that. I'm, I'm not really interested. Just the thought of what that's, that's not an honorable vessel, is it? Right? So I don't really want to eat out of that vessel. I don't care if you tell me it's new, it's never been used. I don't trust it. I know what its purpose is, and maybe it was used and you don't know it. So I'm not going to, so how many know the vessel does matter, right? And so that, that's, why, that's why a lot of times, see, we get, we get calls sometimes, not as much as we probably used to. Maybe everybody's give up. We get calls, okay, can I come and preach at your church? Well, No. You can't. And here's why you can't. Because I don't know what kind of vessel you are. I don't know. If I don't know, the Bible tells me know those that labor among you. Yeah. So if I don't know you, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I just can't do that. Well, yeah, but you just need to be led by the Holy Ghost. Well, I need to be led by wisdom too. And if the Holy Ghost told me to have you, I would. But if he doesn't say anything, it's, it's, you're not getting in. Yeah. Right? Because we get those calls, you know, hey, can... We're going to be in your area, and we're the latest, greatest, you know, and can we, can we preach at your church? Well, no, you can't. Amen. Well, I don't know what they're going to say or what they're going to do, you know what I'm saying? You know, and impartations come through, you know, through people's spirits, see. Amen. A pastor told me, a friend of mine one time, he said, I had this guy in, he said, because, you know, people, he'd been recommended to have in by somebody. I had him in, and he said, he said, he said, he laid hands on a, on a lot of the people. He said, the next week, he said, I had so many people come into my office, women, saying I'm having all kinds of dirty, unclean thoughts. He said, it didn't happen before this guy laid hands on them. He said, I learned, learned, you learned a lesson. I'm not subjecting my people to that. If I don't know you, and I don't know you live clean, I don't want your hands on the folks I'm shepherding. Does that make sense to you? See, that's not being mean. That's just being, being wise and caught. No, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care. I, things get imparted, and I'm not going to have that. Amen. And so, you know, now, you know there's, there's people that, we, you know, you know their lives. You know they're living good. You know they're living clean. They may not be perfect, but we know they're following God and they're living clean, and that's a different thing altogether. Amen. All right. Now, uh, so, so we need to be vessels of honor. Amen. We need to be uh, clean vessels. And uh, you don't have to be an earthen vessel. You don't have to be a, a, a dishonorable vessel. He said, if you purge yourself, you can be a vessel of honor. Right. 
Amen. You purge yourself, you can just be a vessel of honor. Praise God. Amen. Now, I don't know. Let's see how much time we got. Let, let's, let's, go to, um, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. You get anything today? Amen. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 kind of lays it out pretty plain for us about what we should do. In Hebrews chapter 1, <clears throat> hallelujah. And uh, verse number 8, Hebrews 1, it says, But unto the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. In other words, you know, the word scepter, that's, that's like the, that was like a symbol of authority, praise God. It, your righteousness is your scepter, amen? You have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. So... You and I, notice it says, he, that this is talking about Jesus, this is who it's talking about. He, he uh, loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Really, this thing isn't hard. We should love what God loves, and we should hate what God hates. Right? Now, God doesn't hate people, but He hates things. He hates sin. He hates practices. And um, anything the Bible says is an abomination, you don't want anything to do with that, Right? Uh, how many believe if it was an abomination in the Old Testament, it probably still is today? Right. Right? right? I mean, nothing's changed. And so we should hate what God hates and love what God loves. And the Bible says when you do that, there'll be an anointing come on you. God will anoint you, see. He anointed Jesus with it. Listen, have you ever seen these, and I've talked about this before, but I remember, and I haven't seen, I, I haven't seen a, a movie about Jesus in a long time. So, but I used to see these years ago, movies about Jesus, and, and he didn't look very happy. He looked like he'd had a rough day with the disciples that day or something. Or, I've even seen some, I thought, man, he looks like he's on LSD to me. You know, he's just staring out into space like he's lost, you know. I mean, that's not a picture of our Lord and Savior. That's the world trying to, you know, Show you what, they're giving you his picture. You know, it's kind of like the Ten Commandments. You ever seen the, the Ten Commandments movie? I like that movie. It was a good movie. Anything Charlton Heston does can't be too bad, right? I mean, he's Moses, right? I mean, holy Moses, it's got to be good, right? So Charlton Heston, you know, he's in this movie. And I'm watching this movie, you know, and I'm enjoying it. I like it, you know. And then all of a sudden they're coming out of Egypt and they're carrying this old man on this cot. But that's not what the scripture says. So there was not one feeble person among their tribes. They all walked out of their strong. Because when they ate of that, now you know after all those years of hard labor that there had to be some, some physical infirmities among those people. But when they ate of that lamb, they got healed. They got strong. They got strengthened. It says, not only does it say they also came out with joy and gladness. And he brought them forth with silver and gold. Wow, that sounds like a health and wealth gospel. Doesn't it to you? That's Psalm 105, in case you don't know where that's at. You read that sometime. It, it, it talks about their coming out and how they came out. They came out with victory, praise God. Hallelujah. And that was because they ate of that Passover lamb. Hallelujah. Well, if, 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 if the type could do that, what about the reality? Christ, our Passover lamb. How much more should we come out with victory? Hallelujah. 
So, you know, that movie was a good movie, but it wasn't accurate, you know. And, and some of the things about Jesus and see portrayed about Jesus, they're not accurate either. The Bible said he had more joy than anybody. Y'all hear that? He had the oil of gladness, the anointing of joy. That word gladness can also be joy. He had jo the anointing of joy on him more than anybody. I don't see a, a sad Jesus. I see a laughing Jesus. I see a happy Jesus. I do see a Jesus that if he needs to rebuke you, he knows how to do it. I do see fire shooting out of his eyes at times. I do see a Jesus man that was a strong man. Amen. That took all that beating on the cross and still cried with a loud voice. I do see a Jesus that, man, he wasn't afraid to confront and tell religious of the called religious leaders of the day snakes and serpents, whitewashed sepulchers. So he wasn't this little timid guy carrying this sickly sheep under his arm. He was a strong man. In the Bible, when, he, when you see him coming back in Revelation, the Bible says he's got king of kings, lord of lords written on him, and he's going to destroy the enemies with the sword that comes out of his mouth. So there's no weakness in Jesus. Amen. And there's no depression in Jesus. And there, there's, no, there, there's none of this that sometimes Hollywood portrays or the world portrays about Jesus. It's not in him. And honestly, it's not in his real preachers either. The preachers I run with, they're not little, they're not little sissy-fied guys. I don't run with sissy-fied guys. I don't run with men that wear silk underwear. I don't know. But if I know it, I won't run with you. Phyllis said, how would you know? I don't know. Check their underwear door out, I guess. I don't know. Hey. Amen. I want to run with men that wear boxers and smells like John, John Wayne or something. You know what I'm talking about. See, this, this, you know, sometimes I'll say, I watch Westerns. You know, I like Westerns, and sometimes I'll have a preacher on there. I, I just dislike it when they make the preacher like he's a sissified guy. You know, he ought to be out there with a gun, too, defending the city, not hiding in the church. All right, praise God. Moving right along. I like this one. There's one John Wayne movie. One of, one of the guys that's the preacher, man, he's, he's, he's a tough guy. I thought, well, they got it right finally. Amen. All right, moving right along. I'm just talking about Jesus, the way, the way the world portrays Jesus, you know. He was full of joy. He had more joy than anybody. Amen. Amen. Now, let's look at another scripture. Come on, you get something today. Go with me to uh, 1 Corinthians. We're about to close out here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, or chapter 3, and then we'll look at one more scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul said something to the church here, and it has something to do with holiness. How many know, once again, I want to go back to what we were talking about. You can find that scripture, but I want to go back and talk about what we were talking about. We should love what God loves. We should hate what God hates. Now, Paul said this to the church at Corinth. He said to them, he said, Do you not know that those who eat of the sacrifices are partakers of the altar? And he said, I don't want you having fellowship with, with you cannot have fellowship with demons and with God at the same time. Now, what did he mean by that? That's 1 Corinthians chapter 10. What did he mean by that? Well, he's telling us that every, anything we partake of in life, the way we judge it, let's find out whose altar it came from. Right? right? Now, how do we know whose altar it is? Well, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. 
The thief comes to kill, to still kill and destroy. So if something's killing and destroying people's lives or their marriages or their families or their, their bodies, we know that's off the altar of the devil. Right? See, that's why I know certain things that Christians partake of. I know they're not good because I can tell what altar they're on. They're, they're having fellowship with demons and don't even realize it because that's off the altar of the devil. We don't judge it by, you know, what the world says about it. We judge it by what, what fruit does it produce in people's lives. Now, people want to argue about this. You can do whatever you want to with your life. I'm just telling you, when I got born again, I gave up every bit of alcohol. And I'm going to tell you why. You know, because I can tell the modern alcohol industries of the devil because it kills people. It destroys their life. It, they go out and drive their cars and crash and kill people. Right? They, it, 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 it eats their brain cells. And Lord knows we need as many as we can keep. It destroys their body. It destroys marriages. It destroys families. Right? And so, I, you, you know, I just know that that's not off God's altar. I can tell that right now. You know, like, well, you know, God made them. I mean, God made the hemp of the field, so marijuana's of God. Listen, I did used to smoke marijuana. And you know what it did? It, 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 it altered me where I thought different. And it led me into deeper drugs. So all this push to legalize pot, it's just ridiculous. Are you right? Or am I right? I'm right. You better get it right. You know, it's like a school here in town, one of the colleges, Greg was telling me about it one time, that they voted to allow the, the students to have alcohol on campus. How stupid can you be? That's just going to cause you problems. Why would you do something that's going to cause problems? Now you're going to have a bunch of drunk kids. I mean, they're going to do it anyway, but don't legalize it. Don't help them. <laughs> it's just like people are so dumb, man. I mean, it's like, this is off the altar of the devil. Marijuana is off the altar of the devil. Amen. Well, God made everything, didn't he? Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't think you'd smoke it all. Right? Huh? God made all the stuff that goes into cyanide, but I don't think he extends you to drink it. All right, praise God. All right, I'm just, just preaching here. That's all. That's all I can do. 1 Corinthians, go there, chapter, chapter 3. Amen. So we have, to, we, have to, we have to discern what altar is it from. Amen. Right? You know, well, God invented sex, so I mean, it's okay. Just sleep around. Well, what does it do? Well, it gives you disease, destroys your marriage. All right? So that can't be from God. Sex is from God. Some of you got nervous right then. But he intended it for it to be between a man and a woman who are married. I was going there. Hang on. Give me time to preach. All right. Who are married? Amen. Right? For this cause shall a man, <laughs> for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. And before he said, he said, don't you know in the beginning God made a melon? female. He didn't make other. <laughs> he made male and female. Amen. And, uh, and so forth. And so, uh, so, so it's a good thing if you leave it in context the way God put it, but if you get it off the way God said it, it becomes off the altar of the devil. See? Right? 
pornography and so forth like that. That's off the altar of the devil. Amen. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, go there. Paul said, And I, brethren, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with uh, meat or solid food. For, for up till now you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. See, that's the same thing he said to his disciples before they were filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, I have many things to say to you, but you can't hear it now. However, when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll lead and guide you into all the truth. But see, these people are living their lives where they've quenched the Holy Spirit, and He can't do anything with them much. He says, are you not carnal? Verse 3, for whereas there is among you envying, strife, and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as, and walk as men? Now, this is interesting. You know, in your Bible, the King James says, you walk as men. I think it's Amplified Bible. Maybe it says you walk as mere men. Mere unchanged men. One, one translation does. Mere, uncha mere unchanged men. What does it mean? Well, it means we shouldn't be long, walking like the world. We should be walking like changed men, not unchanged men. Now, what is he talking about? Well, the word carnal actually means, and we've talked about this before, it means body ruled. You're ruled by your body. Now, how I many know you can't be ruled by your body and be a successful believer? You have to be ruled by the, your spirit, the Holy Spirit. There's a guy, he's a fighter. And uh, he, he's, now, now listen to the way I say this, because this is pretty revealing. He has been in his, in his weight division. Uh, for those of you that don't know, boxing has different weight divisions. So you don't have a 134-pound guy fighting a 234-pound guy. So you got your division that you fight in, and you, there's a champion in that division. In his division, he has been the champion two times. He's lost the title two times. But he's never lost a fight. Now, how can it be? You lost a title twice, but you never lost a fight. Because two fights he showed up that were title fights, he showed up overweight. And they stripped him of his title. So he never, he never lost a fight, but he lost his title twice because he couldn't keep his body under. Amen. And it's real easy for me to judge this sitting in my lazy boy eating cheese puffs. Amen. I mean, I can tell him exactly what he did wrong. You need to be more disciplined, brother. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, it's real easy to do it from your chair, and you can tell everything what's wrong with the team. Well, you, I could have solved that. You idiots, what's wrong with you? Right? You know, why did you mess up, you know? I used to like watch Peyton Manning. Anybody remember him? One thing I noticed about when he got older, he got smarter. Not that he wasn't smart before, but he got smarter. You know, when, when, you know, when they, you know, he was a quarterback. I mean, you know what a quarterback is, a guy that throws the ball. And, and when they would break through the line, you know, the defensive men would get close to him. I watched him when he got older. He didn't wait for him to tackle him. He just fell on the ground. <laughs> I noticed that when he got older. He's like, I'm, I'm not taking a hit. I'm, I'm, bam, down I go. I'm like, well, that's pretty smart. Amen. But you know what? Listen, the, guy, the guy's lost his title twice. But he's never lost a fight yet. He's still undefeated. But he lost it twice because he showed up overweight. And I, I'm, not, I'm not really criticizing because it's pretty hard for some of these guys to do. I, I understand. They have to be, it really takes a lot of discipline. But he knew that, right? He knew he shouldn't have been eating those Twinkies and Ho-Hos and Dong-Dongs. He knew that. But he let his flesh get the better, and it cost him his title. See, even Paul said that. He said, if I don't keep my body under, I'm going to get disqualified. Yeah. 
That's what Paul said to the Corinthian church. He said, he said I've got some things to share with you, but I can't. It can't speak to you that way. Wouldn't that be awful for Paul to come to our church and he would get up and say, well, I got things to tell you guys, but I can't. You're too carnal. How many think we could have a mass repentance service real quick and say, Paul, hang on, we'll get this fixed right now. Amen. Go to one last scripture, Isaiah chapter 59. I hope you got something out of this series. Isaiah 59, we're going to read this and we're going to let you go. Isaiah 59, and uh, we'll, we'll close the service out. Isaiah chapter 59. <clears throat> Thank God for His Word. See, our cross in life, you know, like we said, I think we said it Sunday morning, it's not car wrecks, it's not sickness, it's not, it's not lack, it's not any of that. There was a, a, a priest, that, a Catholic priest, that uh, I, I read this article the other day, and he, he got healed of a brain tumor. And... Um, but he, he thought, he thought, and I'm not criticizing him, I'm just making a point here. He thought that, you know, he, he had that brain tumor and things wrong for a, a while, and he thought that was his cross to bear for God's people. Well, see, that's not our cross to bear. Thank God he got healed. He did get healed, and he's free of that brain tumor now. The Lord healed him. And so, thank God for that. But, you know, if, if I could have sat down with him and he would have listened, I could have told him, that's not your cross. Jesus said your cross is to deny yourself and follow him. In other words, you don't get what you want in life. You follow Jesus and you get what he wants for you to have in life, which is going to be better than what you would have wanted anyway. Right? His will is always better than your will. But your flesh doesn't want to come. Sometimes it costs your flesh, doesn't it? You have to sacrifice. You have to make it behave. You have to sacrifice. Man, it can holler. Right? Anybody ever fasted before? Did your flesh just say, oh man, praise God, we're going on a fast. Thank God. I'm so glad. Why don't we do this more often? No, what does it say? You're killing me. You're killing me. You start to have, you're like Peter. You have visions, but it's not it's a, it's, a, it's a sheet let down with Twinkies and all kinds of junk food in it, you know. Like, yeah, I'm having visions all right, but it's a, it's a food. And you, know, you know, listen, we have to understand that our cross in life is not any kind of, you know, well, you know, I've got to mess up this and mess up that, and that's my cross. No, that's not your cross in life. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus told us plainly what our cross in life is. Deny yourself and follow me. Don't chase your own pursuits. Chase my pursuits that I have for your life. Amen. Right? So, you know, God's got His, His will for our life, right? Amen? You know, He called me to be a preacher. A lot of people He's called, like in the church, a lot of you work in the ministry of helps. What's the ministry of helps? Well, it's a, it's, it just means you help. You help fulfill the vision. You help. So, you know what would happen if the ministry of helps quit in this church? We would not have a service. You know, well, it's all pastor. No, you, let everybody else quit and find out how much all of it is pastor. It's not all pastor. Pastor just does his part. It's everybody. Thank God for everybody. Amen. And so God, God may, uh, he may call you into, you know, the ministry helps. He may call you as a preacher, but whatever he calls you to, you know, you just follow that, right? Amen. And there's sometimes God calls people into certain occupations. Like there's doctors that have been called of God to do that. 
Amen. But, you know, the thing of it is, we just, we don't do what we want to do. It's like I was talking, I was talking to the kids, I, I think it was about, what, was it, two weeks ago or something like that, went back there and talking there. They've been talking about different things God could call you to do, you know. And that night it was like pastor, a missionary, or, or be a witness, you know. And then we talk about, you know, you could be called to be a missionary, go to foreign countries, you could be called to be a pastor, pastor of church, you know. Or you could be called to be a witness, which all of us are called to be a witness, but God could maybe just work a job like everybody else, you know. And, uh, and uh, so I asked him, I said, what, what do you want to be when you grow up, you know? If, if, God, if God doesn't call you to be a pastor, he doesn't call you to be a missionary, he doesn't call you one of those, but you're just going to work a job, what do you want to be when you grow up? Man, I'm telling you, Lucas was so excited. Lucas got so, he got so, he wants to be a concrete pumper. Concrete pumper. Was it a shooter? Concrete shooter. Concrete shooter. Yeah, the same thing, the old pumper, but yeah. You know, somewhere along the line, Lucas is saw one of those concrete trucks that shoots at, you know, they got those concrete trucks, they shoot the concrete, you know, they project it. He's all excited about that. Praise God. Some wanted to be doctors and photographers, but Lucas is going to be a concrete Shooter, praise God. And he's thrilled about it. Hallelujah. I don't know if he'll actually be that, but he's pretty happy about it right now. Praise God. Amen. God might call him be a pastor and you have to get up that concrete shooting job. Amen. Now, I just, it was so funny. I got such a kick out. It was so cute. It just was so cute because he was so excited about it. Amen. And, um, and I think, I think that Jason told me he wanted to be a digger, you know. So these boys are into construction, so... We may have some, they, they may build our next church. Who knows? Praise God. <laughs> Isaiah 59, did you find that? Amen. Verse 1, the Bible says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear. I mean, he still can do the same things today that he always has done. That's right. right? He's not shortened. Amen. Uh, it, it, but, your, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you, but he will not hear. Notice, it's not God, it's us. Right? Now my question would be, is this where the power has gone in the church? Have we allowed things in and just accepted them, and the power isn't in the church like it needs to be? One of the things, one of the things that's going to happen in the last days, there's going to come a great separation between those that want to go on with God and those that don't. Now, I take this because there's a type in the Old Testament, you know. Uh, the type is, you know, there were certain people that wanted to go into Canaan's land. Joshua and Caleb. But there were others who did not. So the people that wanted to go in, it held them back, didn't it? Until there was a separation. I see that happening in the church. There is people like you and like me. We, we want to go into the deeper things of God. Yeah. Amen. But God views us as a body, and sometimes when, not, when, when, when there's others that are dragging their feet, it hinders those of us that want to go in from going in. But I see a separation coming where God is going to separate those that are sincere and those that aren't. And, and, and we're going to go in. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And there's some that, you know, they're, they're not hungry. They're going to be like the children of Israel in the wilderness. And they're going to perish in the wilderness. But not us. Amen. We're going in. Hallelujah. We're, what do you mean we're going, we're going into the fullness that God has for us before the rapture of the church comes? 
Hallelujah. He's got a fullness yet. You know what I'm saying? He's got a fullness yet, and we're going to go into it. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.